Hello, and welcome to episode 154 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fail. I'm your co-host, Joel Fail. And on this episode, we're going to just be reviewing one main review, straight out of Compton. And our top five will be Michael Shannon, which is completely unrelated. Yeah, straight out of Compton. <laughs> Uh, yeah. ear holes. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, top five Michael Shannon because we were going to review 99 Homes, but we will not be. But I'll be talking about it and we'll just, we needed a top five, so might as well do it yeah. anyway. Check it. <laughs> Absolutely. We're straight out of Compton. This this movie kind of came out of nowhere and, and was a pretty big success at the box office. Uh, also, it was 88%. On Rotten Tomatoes from the critics, so really, any way you slice it, this was a success. And yeah. I, it was a movie I was looking forward to. I think it was an honorable mention when we were doing like our most anticipated summer movies or something like that. But yeah, I don't. I definitely didn't see it doing all, all this. What, what were you looking uh, at it? That I think the story was going to be amazing, but I just assumed like a movie like this would kind of have a. Uh, a made-for-TV kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Generally do. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a great watch. It exceeded all my expectations, to be honest with you. Yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, especially the first half. I thought it got off on a really strong foot, just setting up these characters. Um, one at a time, you get exactly who they are, what they represent and how they come together and all that. I thought that was so well done. But Yeah, uh, the second half of the movie is a little worse than the first. I agree with that. Yeah, but. we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this movie is about the rap group, NWA. The rap, the rap group. So the like, rappers. <laughs> NWA and, uh, you know, Ice Cube... Dr. Dre, Easy E, and the one that barely gets mentioned was it uh, Master Ren or something? Yeah, Ren. Yeah. Um, and basically, their how they come into prominence and in their relationship with Jerry Heller, played by Paul Giamatti, and just the ups and downs. Basically, just traditional music biopic of this this group and everyone in it. Yeah. He's getting good at playing mean, bitter people, I guess, of power. Especially his <laughs> musicians, mind? like Love yeah. and Mercy. He was, wait, was it Love? Yeah, Love and Mercy. Yeah. He was the, the guy there, too. It's like he's been typecast now. Yeah, he, he actually talks about that. One of the late night shows he was talking about. There's another uh, film he did where he kind of plays, I don't know if it's music, but similar type person yeah I feel like I've seen it but I can't remember what the other yeah. one was because I feel like that's all he's been doing the last couple of years but but it's pretty interesting that Ice Cube's son played Ice Cube yeah and also, it did a really good job yeah I thought actually all the guys were good uh, the guy playing Dr. Dre I thought was pretty good as well as the guy, the playing, guy playing Easy. Easy. He was pretty awesome. Yeah. Because he's just like that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hadn't seen any of these guys before, as far as I know, anyway. I mean, maybe I did in a minor character in something, but 
Uh, yeah, I, I didn't recognize any of the names, or I, hopefully they're in more after this. Yeah, like speaking of like no black or non-white actors being nominated. I, I mean, I don't know how you could distinguish which one of these guys would deserve it, but I wouldn't have been pissed if like one of these guys was in there. No. Who did you think no. was the the best of the bunch? Um. Ah, oh, that's kind of tough because their personalities are so different. But maybe Ice Cubes. But I was th- I was thinking the same thing. I mean, I I'd really like to perform as the guy who played Dre. Well, because that's kind of actually he's probably third. I don't know. But uh, Easy e the guy who played Easy e kind of stood out to me. Yeah. I would go, and I don't know if it's, like, the character or the actual acting, but I would go Ice Cube 1, then Dre, then Easy e but it's, it's, I didn't dislike any of them. It was pretty close. A couple of the times with the guy who played Dre when, I don't know, there's a couple of scenes where he's, like, kind of stand. A lot of his, like, comebacks, I guess you could say. When he mm-hmm. argues back, some of them I thought were a little, maybe, I don't know, too on the news, a little cheesy. But I, minor, minor quibble. It's not really that noticeable. That was just, like, a personal yeah. character-to-character type thing, you know? Yeah, definitely. For sure. And what about the thing where it's being produced by Ice Cube and Dr. Dre, and they kind of whitewash out some of the negative stuff that happened with them along the way. Yeah. Like Dre beating some girl. and Yeah, I think this particular movie would have benefited from not having them actually attached to the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, I think that's almost always the case. Not rose-tinted glasses type yeah. look back, you know. But to be honest, it didn't bother me because I, I don't know about you, but I... At least as far as, like, growing up, I didn't listen to NWA or anything, so and I don't, re- I didn't really know the backstory super well. Obviously, I knew yeah. some things, but, like, it's to me, I'm watching a movie. Whether it's, you know, 100% fa- like, true or not, just as long as it's believable to me as I'm watching a movie, that's all that, that really matters to me. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm surprised it didn't include, I could be a little bit wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure they're the reason, or one of the main reasons, there's that parental advisory oh, really? stamp. That's I could funny. be wrong about that, but I'm, I thought I heard that. That's but, pretty funny. I don't know, this is sort of a, I mean, not it's, exactly a documentary. Yeah, movie. exactly, it's not it's a, a documentary. An enjoyable, fact. yeah. So, yeah, it got a little leeway for me for on that. Yeah, I would but. agree. Uh, but Dr. Dre, I mean, the one thing I would say is he's kind of too much of a goody-good in the movie. They yeah. really make him out to be like an angel. <laughs> like, almost. Like, with his mom and his brother and all that stuff. It's uh, Did the actor yeah. to you remind you at all of like a young Denzel Washington, though? <laughs> no, I didn't think about it, but I guess I could see that now you say it. Just it his looks, I think. Like his like smile, like they got like the same facial yeah, structure. I, in that for some reason, respect. 
in my notes I wrote Denzel with the question mark like could this be the next Denzel <laughs> uh, I didn't really know Ice Cube was such a poser like he yeah I didn't either he basically you know obviously great lyricist I mean the lyrics were on point but it's all basically fabricated because he was not that bad off you know but I do see him more as a uh, and this is a slightly jaded I guess look at but he was more of like an author like he's a person that saw and wrote down yeah and, yeah. Down. and he could put himself and in I didn't realize situations. he wrote so much of their lyrics and stuff yeah that's kind of amazing I was listening to a couple songs I mean he was good (laughs) that's a good CD yeah like he he was what he was not a natural rapper or anything right they kind of yeah they kind of made him do it (laughs) yeah he came up with Ruthless which I guess ends up being part of their whole like beef with each other eventually where it's yeah NWA versus Ruthless or whatever, but I didn't know he was a drug dealer either before all that. And oh, yeah, he like was, I said, I like the way they set things up with their names on the wall. Just creative ways to let you know what's going on without being too over the top about it. Yeah. Yeah, overall it's a pretty realistic look. Mm-hmm. Even though it might not be 100% honest with itself. Yeah. But uh, overall, this movie exceeded my expectations in pretty much all respects. It was pretty well made. Yeah, F. Gary Gray. Not that it wasn't hyped, but it came out of nowhere. It was like a week before the movie. All of a sudden, it was like the movie everyone had to see. Mm -hmm. And again, yet another example of Hollywood just being so stupid where, wow, I'm surprised that... A well-made, good movie about mainly black characters, starring black actors, does well. And, you know, there's a market for this. Yeah. You make a good movie in any market, and it's going to do well. Yeah. It's almost like it doesn't matter what race someone is. (laughs) Yeah, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) You don't say. Idiots. I know. (laughs) The same thing. Like, I think I saw something today just with all the Oscar stuff like that Asian Americans like is the smallest percentage of it's like 1.8% of uh, lead characters in movies are Asians or something like that like I'm sure they know you know I'm tired of the typical typical Tokyo whitewashing all our white characters (laughs) out of their movies there was a movie Attack on Titan and a big part of the story is the one girl they all say looks odd she really can't tell an anime one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and she's the last Asian person left. And then they made a movie. They're all Asian. I think that's offensive. They're stealing our role. Person, <laughs> as a white person, I'm outraged. We're gonna be out of work soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding, by the way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, of course. The like one instance ever in history. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, so this movie gets into, like, all the police brutality kind of stuff, which, you know, is all over the place. Yeah, which people, even in the movie, kind of still believe is fake, you know? Yeah. Like, Paul Giamatti, the first time he sees them hassled, he's like, why are you doing this? They're just, 
like he really doesn't realize. You think, is that like a hundred percent? That's how it was. It almost seemed like too over the top to be true. No, I mean, and back I do in believe the, uh, it. But... 90s, the uh, the whatever you want to call them, gangster rappers, they really did. They would get arrested in small towns and stuff like that just because they would they would charge them with crazy things like lewd and obstructive behavior or something like that because they didn't like their music or their kids listening to their music. That is so crazy. I think Tupac actually went to jail for <laughs> that. For, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's almost like you can see why... People are offended by a song called Fuck the Police, but if yeah. you look at it from their perspective, it's 100% reasonable yeah, know, and that's, point of view. That's the argument Ice Cube makes throughout the whole movie. Is, I'm not making stuff up. This is how life is. Like, yeah. You're acting like I'm just perpetuating violence, but that's how life is here. Yeah, it's just... So. Yeah, you just got to put yourself in other people's shoes to be able to see... Where they're coming from. A great song, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, aside, I mean, I don't, I'm not of the mind where I'm against police or anything, but just, you know, it's got yeah, a good... something for what it is. Yeah. yeah. It, a piece of art. Yeah. Yeah. And the music overall, obviously, is going to be great in this movie. The soundtrack's fantastic, and just the whole score and the way it integrates was really well done. Yeah, it, one of the better movies is how they integrate their music with the story. Yeah. Personally. And so many great, like, supporting characters. You get Snoop Dogg in there for a brief scene. <laughs> Even though it's... Oh, yeah. It's, it's cool to see how that kind of happens. I'm sure it's uh, very summarized, but... Yeah, it's like... Snoop was a crip. I love how <laughs> uh, Dre's just doing some random thing on a thing, and, oh, here's Snoop. Wait, do that again? And then they, boom, the hit song right away. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sure that how, that's how it works. But uh, you got Tupac in there in the in the studio. Yeah. Suge Knight plays a pretty decent role. The guy who plays Suge Knight did pretty good. Yeah, he was good. He was, uh, he, he was at the Oscars as Suge Knight. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he he's just an asshole. There's no way yeah. around it. He's just straight up. It's about time he's in jail. Yeah, Doctor Dre's. I mean, I didn't say that. By the way, Shug, if you if you, <laughs> I, I love you. You're you're amazing. But even Dre in the movie is just like this guy is insane. If he wasn't on my yeah. side, you know, this would be terrible. And Dr. Even, Dre did say he wouldn't be the star he is today if he wasn't around. He was like, because NWA was sort of a good element. He was yeah. Like, I think I, the life experience was was a good thing. Just pure enforcer. Yeah. And Crazy. Jim, yeah, definitely. Jimmy Iovine is in there as the producer. Yeah. I, I know him from American Idol, but it's just funny to see him being portrayed. Um, yeah. But the second half, I felt like, like the first half, setting everything up was really well done, and then once it kind of got past them having success, and actually, I think yeah. where the turning point was was one of my favorite scenes is the Detroit concert when the, the whole yeah 
the cops arresting him for saying uh, fuck the police when they warned him or whatever. Like, from that point on, it Emerus became ser- more of a generic biopic than anything original. Yeah. And it started I, I to say, drag a little bit. Yeah, I, I think most of these types of movies suffer at this point. Yeah, they try to yeah, encompass I mean, too much. Yeah, um, but I would totally agree. I'm not going to lie, I was sort of, like, happy the movie ended. Yeah, kind of just that kept I didn't going, enjoy right? The movie, but I was like, God, I kind of wish this would end. It's like get, I'm surprised it didn't have Dre hooking up with Eminem and then having his yeah. headphones and his the Beats sequel. by Dre. I mean, it just kept going on and on. It's like, yeah, I, we know these people by this point. Yeah, but what, anyway, uh, but even yeah, like the contract drama kind of was also when it started to drag a little bit. It just kept going yeah, was, back to that over and over again. You would have thought that would have been a cooler moment than it was. Yeah. It's a constant thing where Jerry's screwing over everybody, but E thinks he's on his side, so it's a, he puts them against each other, and they're putting out, like... He kind of treats E better anyway, so it's he's kind of like, you know... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that makes him, like, Ice Cube your solo and has... Uh, a song that's like trash in NWA, and then they come back at him or whatever. That I like that stuff though. But, Sorry, I actually mean it. It's alright. It's uh, like the first half had so much energy to it, like with that kind of stuff, just constantly, just seemed like they were having fun with it, whereas. In the second half, it was not as much. It just seemed like more going through the motions. Yeah. Yeah. And the only that. other thing I'd say is like the whole AIDS thing with E, and trying to go for this emotional ending where everyone forgives him and they love him. Apparently, it didn't go down that way. Yeah, I didn't think it really worked in the movie either. Yeah, me either. But. But yeah, it was a but, really good movie. Yeah, I, I did. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'd um, give it a heavy seven and a half out of ten. Yeah, I think I. I went with an eight, but nice. it's probably on the lighter side. Yeah, I was. I mean, definitely recommend the watch. Though. For sure. Yeah, I, that's more than the same realm. That's pretty much what I was thinking too. I was yeah. almost there, not quite. The second half just brought it down a little bit too much. It's well made enough that you'll enjoy it either way though you know yeah alright let's get into our top five Michael Shannon movies alright what do you think of this guy as an actor I love him he's so weird but intense at the same time yeah he's always interesting yeah I I really enjoy I I didn't realize how much stuff he's been in yeah I've seen 20 of his movies (laughs) believe it or not I feel like most of the movies I see him listed on, I didn't realize he was in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm not but, sure how big a role he has in some of them, but, like, in 8 Mile, he's the stepdad or the white, the mom's boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. Which is, I uh, He's in a Groundhog's Day. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember him, but, yeah. <laughs> What's your number five? I think he's I think he's the camera guy. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. He's so recognizable his face, like 
even in a, such a brief moment, you when you see it, you know it's him. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't realize it until I read his IMDb thing, and then I was like, oh, that's who he is. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. My number five is The Iceman. I saw that. It's a... Uh, it should be a way better movie than yes, it is. Yes, absolutely. Honest. It's it's not the best, but I like seeing him as a lead guy. Um, he's the perfect guy to play him. He has the right mannerisms, and you know, like that, like you said, intense but weird, quiet, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a decent watch. I I just watched it on Netflix. It's a cooler real story than it is a movie. Yeah, for sure. But it's like yeah, great premise, great actors, lackluster execution. And a lot of my list has to do with, although I'm pretty sure I've seen a lot of his movies, there's none that I can remember that I feel comfortable with saying, like, like putting his name on a list with, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, my number five is Bug. I don't know if you've seen it. No. It's like a horror thriller about uh, him and Ashley Judd. They end up getting trapped in a hotel room. And he's such a paranoid... Like, uh, he thinks all these bugs are on him. And it seems like it's all in his head, but then all of a sudden she starts feeling the same way and it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier just one it don't watch that movie and expect to get go home and just lay in bed and have a nice peaceful <laughs> sleep like it it bugs you out it, it's a intense movie weird that for sure me, but it makes me think of the scanner darkly right yeah <laughs> I mean, this movie had an effect on me, and I'll always remember it just from that alone. But I, I love the movie. Cool. Um, my number four is Mud. Mud. I love this movie. I do love that movie. Um, I had seen the beginning, actually, when I had said I didn't see any of it. Um, I can't remember why I didn't watch it all. Probably just fell asleep or something like that. And I finally watched it. I really enjoyed it. It was all right. I think you overhyped it for me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a cool, solid indie film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Just it. something about the way that that director, Jeff Nichols, handles the camera. Just... I, I totally understand where you're coming from, yeah. by the way. like, There's plenty of stuff like that that... I don't really know why I like it so much, or maybe I do know why, but it's not as good as I probably rate it, <laughs> or whatnot. Yeah. My number four is Sam Mendes' Revolutionary Road, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, and Michael Shannon plays a little side character that comes in and has a great scene or two uh, in the middle of the movie, but love the movie. I think it's... Very underrated. It's a dark movie about a marriage that just is terrible. But it was the '60s, yeah. so you you don't you know you stay together, and you just live in misery. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, Leo easily could have won his Oscar for this movie as opposed to The Revenant. But uh, just, yeah, it's uh, 
fantastic drama with the yeah. Titanic redux actors. <laughs> um, well, like I said this movie before, I, I put Groundhog's Day as my next one. Just because, like I said, actually, you know what? I have a better one. Tigerland. I re- actually really like this movie. It's been so. I used to own the DVD of it. I'd never heard of it. Bought it in like a bargain bin type thing. And it's Colin Farrell <laughs> during the Vietnam times. And Tigerland is the simulated Vietnam that they train you at before they send you. Gotcha. Have you ever heard of it? No, I haven't. Uh, it's kind of a little bit of an underrated cerebral military movie. It's actually pretty well made. I mean, I could understand why someone wouldn't like it, but it's about him. He's really smart, and he knows war's kind of stupid, but he ends up being such a good leader. But he's always in trouble because he's trying to like do stuff to get kicked out of the military. He's such an asset, it's never going to happen, but he helps, like, get some people that need to be out, out, mm-hmm. and toughen some people, you know what I mean? Like, it's a cool story, anyway. Yeah, that's Long cool. time since I've seen it. My number three is Mud. You talked nice. about it. Nice. Um, I do love it. I just, I love the relationship. It's almost like, uh cop car was going for it with the relationship between those two kids but I thought these guys was way better and then add on McConaughey in the mix and yeah I agree with that yeah and I, I didn't mean to imply that it was like a bad movie that you affectionately liked it's a good movie it's pro- I probably rate it lower than other people but yeah whatever. I mean some people love it some people don't I love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know I've talked about it a ton on here so yeah. It's my number three. Alright. My number two, a little bit of cheating, but Boardwalk Empire. I love the show. Never it's seen it. Main main character. Um that changes quite a bit actually through the seasons. He's uh he's one of the guys that works on I guess whatever their equivalent to the DEA was for alcohol. And Eventually, at some point in the seasons, is it a lot of shit changes basically. But he plays kind of that same kind of character. He's kind of uh, whatever, quiet, uh, drawn back, or, yeah. yeah. And he's really enforceful when he is around people. But he's real by the books, quote unquote Christian. What I mean by Christian is people that judge people really harshly and. and live their lives however they want to (laughs) (laughs) heard that but there's so many good actors and it's such a great enjoyable show definitely check it out yeah I'm eventually going to watch the show because it's only went for three seasons right four seasons Uh, I think it went five five seasons (laughs) but yeah I I could see myself watching it down the road one day should probably watch the Sopranos first but one of the seasons isn't at least one of the seasons kind of sucks, but I think it's the last one. It's either the last one or second to last. But yeah. They're all probably above average still, though. Cool. I got my number two as Take Shelter, which is another movie from the same director as Mud, Jeff Nichols. 
where it's him and Jessica Chastain as a married couple. And he is a guy that keeps having a dream that this storm is coming that is going to just like, I guess, I don't know if it's like apocalyptic or something really bad is coming. So he Biblical. starts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you seen it? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, definitely need to check it out. Um, I think it's in my top 50 of all time. But he starts making a shelter. He, like, neglects work and family and everything to just make this amazing shelter for when this time comes. It, it gets a little crazy. Uh, love the movie. This is really when I started to fall in love with Jessica Chastain as well as this guy and the director all, all at the same time. Um, fantastic movie and I recommended it to Casey and it, he says it's like one of his favorite movies of all time so if that's not overhyping it I don't know what is <laughs> I will go in with high expectations <laughs> <laughs> your number one? Oh, uh yeah my number one is Before the Devil Knows You Air that's an honorable mention for me awesome movie I love that movie. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Uh, um, what's her face looking really good? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of blanking at this point. <laughs> yeah. uh, great movie. I'd totally recommend it. It's my number one. I can't. It's like two brothers that robbed their own parents' jewelry shop or something. And yeah, I'm yeah. I'm trying yeah, to remember. Yeah. It's been a while, but. Uh, I think yeah. Yeah, I kept I when I looked it up I remembered what movie it was and whatnot and put it on my list. But when I was just trying to reach into my brain to pull the words out of my mouth <laughs> I kept thinking of uh the Brad Pitt movie where he's like an Irish terrorist and I was just like in my head, Michael Shannon's not in that movie. <laughs> Why am I did I write this down? <laughs> uh yeah, it's <laughs> the second recording of the night. <laughs> My number one anyway, is... What's your number one? It's Groundhog Day. It's Thanks. just a classic comedy. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to judge yeah, against yeah. everything, but it's one of yeah, my one of my favorite genres comedies. Yeah, are so hard to compare. Yeah. But that is an amazing movie. Yeah, for sure. And my honorable mentions were Shotgun Stories, another Jeff Nichols movie, uh, Eight Mile... Before the Devil Knows You're Dead and 99 Homes, which I guess I should go into talking about now <laughs> yeah. for what else we watched. So, uh, what were your expectations about the movie? Um, I'd heard, like, it was like a, such an under-the-radar movie, but I, I kept hearing good things and that he had a, he was really campaigning hard to get a Best Supporting Actor nomination for it. And I knew Andrew Garfield was the lead in it. Who also who played Spider Man in the Amazing oh, Spider Man yeah. series? Uh, had ninety one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Basically, it's about the housing crisis, or not not exactly Big Short territory, I guess. But when people are losing their homes because of mortgages and all that, yeah. And Michael Shannon plays a guy that just is taking advantage of the situation, and he's buying these homes out from people and he's doing some illegal things to justify his cause 
And Andrew Garfield. Oh, uh, I remember watching the trailer for this. Yeah. Yeah, and Andrew. Watching on the whatever we call that show. Yeah. <laughs> and Andrew Garfield, <laughs> he is one of the people that him and he lives with his mom and his son, and Michael Shannon takes his home. And some somehow or another, he ends up working for Michael Shannon, um, and rises up the the ranks on the other side, which is pretty interesting when you look at how you know you at first you're like how could someone be like this the way Michael Shannon is and just take this from people, but then someone that he actually took it from ends up going the same way. And I guess it's just all a matter of perspective and greed, and and you know if you can get yeah. yours. I was going to say this movie sort of like a conflict of conscience. Yeah, right? exactly. That's the biggest thing about it. And he doesn't tell his mom and his son like how he's getting this money and how how he's getting you know back on track and all that. And you can just see the guilt. You can feel it on him. Like, is it worth it? You know. Yeah. But, so I guess his performance is pretty good then. Yeah, all the yeah all the performances were really good. Um, Laura Dern, who was you know the the main girl and main woman in Jurassic Park. Uh, yeah. She's the mom, and she's great. And Andrew Garfield is great, and Michael Shannon is great. Um, it's it's a scary movie. It's almost like a horror movie because you could see. At least for me, as a homeowner, like I'm always on edge about finances. Like, even when you know it's we're fine, it's just like, oh my god, if what if this happened, this happened? You yeah. think of the worst. Like, I don't. The worst thing you can think of when you have a family is just losing your home, and what do you do? So it's pretty dark. Like the opening shot is just someone. You just see blood in a bathroom, and it's pulls back and you find out that's a guy that killed himself uh, wow. in his bath. That's the opening scene is the guy killed himself and Michael Sh- because Michael Shannon was <laughs> taking his home and he lost it all. And there's Jeez. just, there's revelations throughout the movie that kind of makes it twisty and turny. Great performances. It's emotional. Like I was invested definitely pretty much pretty early on. Uh, take advantage of poor people. You don't know how to feel about Andrew Garfield's character at times because it's like, obviously, you feel you're on his side in the beginning. Like, you're kind of rooting for him, but that's how he's making Yeah, you're rooting for him to get back, you know, to actually get out of the hole he was in. But the way he's doing it, it's like... That's pretty fucked up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh also, it's kind of weird. Like, I felt this was like a Star Wars parallel, of all things. It felt like Andrew Garfield was Luke, Michael Shannon was Darth Vader, and he's just get, bringing him to the dark side, <laughs> you know? Jeez. And Andrew Garfield is just naturally skilled at this thing that Michael Shannon's already doing. And it, the only thing I was waiting for was for <laughs> Michael Shannon to say, Dennis, I am your father. (laughs) But uh, that didn't happen. It had a pretty good score. It makes you think, like, how important is a home? You know, you get... Like, Michael Shannon's whole thing is, it's 
It's not. It's just a house. You know, any any house can be a home. But then you see, and you think about it, like at grandma's, if they lost that, that's everything, right? Yeah. I guess the home is just what you put into it. But that's should true. you really feel that attached? I don't know. But at the same time, it's like, should a house really be empty for months rather than just letting right exactly pay back their debt and actually live? Yeah. But, but yeah, I hear you. The whole movie is basically like difficult but relatable decisions. Like you can put yourself in Garf- Andrew Garfield's shoes, Dennis's shoes, and be like, "Yeah, I could see myself making that decision." You know, what like small decision at a time. You can kind of relate to it. Yeah. But then it, at the end of the day, it winds up being this terrible thing. It's like he's selling his soul to the devil or selling his house to the devil. And the whole time you can see things are going to unravel. You can just tell this is not sustainable. You know, eventually it's going to hit the fan. And that sense of just anticipation is, is pretty good too. I'll give it I'll give it 8 out of 10. I really enjoyed the movie. Wow. Um, I'm definitely going to have to give that a watch. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching. I'd recommend it. Especially because it's probably not on many people's radar. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing the trailer now at uh, pre-judgment day and like being like that was intense. Like, yeah. Like to see that. Actually. It was an intense movie. For sure. Did you watch anything else? Uh, no, not really. I kind of poured my heart out for the most part uh, <laughs> in the last episode the other one and then like as we were going i realized i watched a few of the things we were already talking about so. <laughs> yeah all right I got, I got some movies all right you ready all right i'll start with Shoot. goosebumps <laughs> we were gonna review yeah. this oh man had a 72 percent on rotten tomatoes wow which I'm i was surprised, surprised to see Especially after watching the movie. <laughs> like, I thought it was pretty bad. Uh, right off the jump, I, I gave it a 5 out of 10. That just tells you what I thought of it. Uh, and I'm a big fan of Goosebumps. Like, I have read, I owned and read all the books. I had the Choose Your Own Adventure, everything. I remember the bookshelf. <laughs> yes, 1 through 60, whatever, 62. And... It's kind of interesting what they're trying to do. It's a di- weird kind of adaptation where they're not adapting one of the books. They're adapting just all of them at once. Like Jack Black is R.L. Stein and his books can come to life. And I was wondering how they were going to do that. That's what it seemed like. It was a lot of stories. Is yeah. it they just cram them all into the same thing or they're separate threads? Or It's pretty much just jumbled like it's it's too much basically i was even thinking it would be kind of like like it'd be like three episodes of goosebumps and into a movie you know that's sort of like how they did the family guy movie it was just like three consecutive yeah a little bit but it's almost like vignettes like short little things and then it's all jumbled together it's felt almost like a disney movie or disney tv show with the constant lame attempts at humor yeah (laughs) like i could see if i watched it as a kid when i was reading these books it probably would have liked it quite a bit but as an adult it just 
didn't work for me, and I'm really surprised it worked so well for so many people. And but, I'm confused. Do they really like, sell goosebumps like that, or are they popular again? Or I don't understand I don't who their audience would be otherwise. Yeah, I'm not sure. I guess maybe they're reissue. I'm really not sure why all of a sudden, you know. Maybe there's hope to revive it by making a movie. Could be. I mean, Jack Black is. He's hamming it up. He's he's having a fun performance. I thought he would be better, actually, as R.L. Stein. Um, hmm. It has a pretty decent score. The score is fitting. It it fits the whole vibe from the TV show and just the art style from the books or the covers, you know. Yeah. It's very cliche. I kind of want that with a movie like that, but mm-hmm. you got to go the right way. Yeah. It's quickly paced, but almost too much so that it's like exhausting, like nonstop. Yeah. Don't even. But yeah, nothing stands out. There's a twist that you can kind of see coming a mile away. Basically, it, it's not worth watching unless you have kids. Yeah, movies like this, they kind of need to pander a little bit. But they also have to accept the fact in the movie that this is kind of goofy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, get the right way. Like, not forced humor, but... Yeah. I don't know. They're trying. They're trying. That's all I could say. I mean, could have been worse, I guess. Yeah. I did make my list of top five Goosebump books, and why waste it, right? So let me... <laughs> all right. <laughs> let me give I'm it to you. I'm to hear this. Number five. All right, first, before I even go into it, I don't really... Re- I've read them all, and I don't really remember, like, any specifics... All I remember is I can see the cover in my head when I hear the name and I can just sense how much I liked it. Couldn't give you a reason, (laughs) necessarily. (laughs) Number five, Monster Blood. This is like the, I think this is like the main one. I think this might have been the first book of the whole thing Uh, and there ended up being four or five of them all together. The cover is just an avalanche. It's almost like The Shining with the elevators and the blood, except it's green and it's not an elevator. Number four is Be Careful What You Wish For. I remember the cover was pink. But that, oh, I do remember. <laughs> yes, and uh, <laughs> the main character was a girl, and uh, I think the title is self explanatory. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for, man. You might not like it. Yeah. Number three is <laughs> How I Got My Shrunken Head, which yeah, just a vivid image of the cover inside of my shrunken head. <laughs> Number two, Night of the Living Dummy. I think this is most people's favorite. Like, this is... Oh, uh, this was a good one. Slappy. They did a part two or something, though. Yeah, there's a part two. And he's in the movie here, and Jack Black does his voice as well. Slappy. Uh, he's the the funny, evil uh, ventriloquist act, or I guess that's yeah. the puppet, yeah. Yeah. And my number one favorite Goosebump book of all time is Say Cheese and Die. Uh. <laughs> you take a picture and they die. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I like the what was the one called the Dark Tower? Yeah, Dark there, Tower? I, no, not Dark Tower is uh, Stephen King, but Stephen I, King, yeah. I know what you, you're thinking of. They had some that might. I don't know if the book's two parts, but I remember the TV show was for that one. Yeah, but, yeah, it's like a medieval castle or tower or something. Yeah. yeah. Um. I've read a lot of the, uh, I think he had like another line of books. I can't remember what they're called. But I like this one, uh, Field of Screams. It was pretty cool. I've heard of that. I think it was uh, sort of like that Kevin Costner movie. But he went back in time and played ball rather than (laughs) here's come. Genius. Pure genius. Something like that. It, long time, maybe fifth, sixth grade. <laughs> so apparently now he's writing like adult, not adult adult, but like yeah, move, like books with adult themes and cussing not and all children's that. Children's books. Yeah, <laughs> he's writing porno books. The next one, <laughs> Shades of Grey, R.L. Stein. <laughs> he's got to get that money back <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Also, another movie we were supposed to review. That's complete. If Goosebumps is about the teenage boy experience, The Diary of a Teenage Girl is the complete other end of the spectrum. Is it? This. Uh, I thought this was good. I mean, I heard good things about this movie. I didn't know exactly what it was about. I, I assumed it was a coming of age tale, but from a girl perspective, and it is. And it's really well made. Really good movie. But man, this is way darker than I was expecting. It's basically about this girl who, I guess she's like 16, and her mom is divorced from her dad and has a a, a new boyfriend that's always around, played by Alexander Skarsgård. And she loses her virginity to her mom's boyfriend, who's like 30. And it's basically about her perspective of this, you know, unflinching look at what is pretty much rape. But, I mean, it's consensual rape. What is it called when it's just because the kid person is young? Um, Statutory? Statutory, yeah. Yeah, basically that. And (laughs) it's just the... Still statutory rape. Yeah. <laughs> Not good to have on your record. <laughs> well, no one gets caught or anything. It's just, you know, it's the uh, okay. 70s San Francisco. Uh, oh, Lucy, they're doing all kinds of crazy Lucy stuff. Lucy-goosey. But, Jesus, <laughs> like, that's what's so good about the movie, though. It's like, from her perspective, completely. So, of course, she's, you know, she's into it. She's, it's hard to explain, but it, it works. Even though it's sounds cool, it's hard to watch at times, but it's just a really well-made movie. It feels authentic to this person, you know. And she's also an artist, and like her drawings will. There's these cool effects they'll do where her drawings basically come to life on screen, and it's just, it's a very it's indie movie for sure, but it's. It's, it sounds cool. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Uh, it's there's a movie called Fish Tank that I like better. That stars Michael Fassbender. It's a British movie. It's kind of similar in theme, but this was pretty close. I mean, this was really well done. Uh, 
Kristen Wiig's pretty good as the mom. Um, yeah. Basically has a lot to say about being in a divorced family and people's relationship to their parents. Like, Kristen Wiig finds out and she just gets pissed at her daughter for, for, sleeping, for sleeping with her boyfriend as opposed to getting pissed at the guy for you know, <laughs> having sex with a 15 or 16 year old girl. And it just, it goes along to say, like, the good and the bad that sex can bring, you know. It doesn't just dwell on how this is terrible. It's, you know, she's, I guess it's It seems like it's an honest movie. It is, it is. And, you know, you always, it's always boys will be boys and sex is, like, glorifying. They want it. But girls can have the same thing and that basically shows that as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely gender inequality in that respect. Yeah. I gave it a heavy 7.5, maybe light 8 out of 10. Is It had 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. For good reason, yeah. Also, a movie we were going to review, Everest. The. How was this? It was okay. It was our, yeah. It was alright. I it's... know you're getting to it, but. <laughs> Let me tell you. It's a 72% around tomatoes. I guess that's about right. It seems a touch high to me, but I give it a 6.5 out of 10. Directed by Balthazar Cormacher. <laughs> Say that five times fast. <laughs> Starring Jason Clark, Josh Brolin, John Hawks, Jake Gyllenhaal, um, Kieran Knightley. Uh, the girl from... Forrest Gump, Jenny, that actress. Jenny. <laughs> For some reason, I can't think of her name. Penn. Robin Wright Penn. There you go. Uh, okay. Uh, a lot of good actors. It's basically the story of how people started to climb Everest. And at this one time, they get to the top and a huge storm hits and shit hits the fan. Uh, yeah, I remember I talked about how I watched it during the... Uh, Blizzard. <laughs> yeah, appropriate. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say. I thought it'd be better than it was. Like even the actual storm and the shit hitting the fan wasn't like super thrilling. But yeah. it's pretty much what you would expect. Some cool effects, some interesting stuff going on, decent performances. Just seemed a little contrived and. It's a slow pace in the first half. There's some really bad editing, which I almost never am able to notice whether editing is good or bad, but there's yeah. these random time jumps. Like, you don't know if from scene to scene it's literally the next instant or an hour later, a day later. It's at least from what I remember. Just Wow. But it does get across the difficulty of, you know, the situation and actually climbing a mountain. So it does yeah. some things right, some things wrong. Yeah. It's basically... I wrote down that it's about American stubbornness. Almost in the same way of The Martian, except not as well done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, we have to accomplish this thing. We have to climb this mountain. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Just, Just to say you can. Yeah. Yeah. So... I would never want to climb a mountain, that's for sure. No, it doesn't. No. 
<laughs> doesn't do it for you. No, it doesn't do it for me at all. Even like you'll see videos of people climbing like mountains that you can walk up, and they're like, "You might die from altitude sickness if you don't get down." They're like, no, I gotta reach the top. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Needless to say, people die in Everest, and for very stupid reasons, like <laughs> like that. All right, I'm gonna go in. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) one. Oh my God! One of them was the mailman too. Oh man, they (laughs) always get the mailman, dude. It's messed up. up. So messed up. All right, I'm going to hyperdrive for some of these other movies. I guess as fast as I can. All right, Truth. Another movie we were thinking about reviewing, starring uh, Robert Redford as Dan Rather. Kate Blanchett as Mary Mapes on the story of 60 Minutes running a not correct story on George W. Bush and like how he got his uh, Yeah, I was particulars. interested to see this. I was uh, I kind of liked Dan Rather back in the day. So I didn't like this movie at all. Really? Uh, another 5 out of 10. The script is really bad. <laughs> It's like so on hitting the nail on the head, like we always say. It's right on the nose. Yeah. It's like saying it make you think. these people that might have messed up, but you know it was an honest mistake and for the right reasons. And there's no natural sense of gravitas to the the people. Yeah. The journalists. They have to tell you directly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like yeah, just. Ridiculous. Like, the Kate Blanchett's son is up watching her on TV and blatantly, like, her husband is saying, like, this was amazing what you've done. I don't know. Just, uh, yeah, it just felt really fake. Really fake yeah. to me. And I, I didn't like it at all. Very it's, condescending well, and self-righteous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should check it out. Uh, let's see. Next up, I watched The Visit. The M. Night Shyamalan comeback. Yeah. About a found footage movie about kids who are going to stay with their grandparents who they've never met. Their mom, like, ran away from home and hasn't talked to them in so long and just sends them there. And weird stuff starts happening. It, it, it wasn't bad. He is kind of making a comeback a little bit. I mean, some creepy yeah. stuff going on. Some good filmmaking but I hated the trailers. Yeah. Still not all the way there, you know. It's a six and a half out of ten for me. It's worth checking out if you're a fan of horror, but it's not a horror movie that's like so good that you should Everyone check it out. Like, <laughs> Joel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> horror. Off the list. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I watched I got a couple movies from Lionsgate uh, screeners or DVD review copies. Got Man Up, which is a romantic comedy starring Lake Bell and the guy from Shaun of the Dead and Star Wars. Uh, Simon Page. Yeah. Simon Page. Yeah, yeah. This, I actually thought it was a different movie than it was. <laughs> I thought it was Lake Bell's uh, second directorial effort after In a World. But it wasn't. It was just a generic British romantic comedy that had its moments, but overall I just was not feeling five and a half out of ten. Does also, she do a British accent? I like, want I think she does, yeah. I think she does. 
It's been a while. And that's kind of weird, seeing an American putting on... But I guess British people do it all the time, so... Yeah. <laughs> Next up was Entertainment, which is... I can't remember the director's name, but he directed a movie called The Comedy last year or the year before. Uh, Tim Heidecker, those people... Tim and Eric, those people... Yeah. It has that kind of feel to it, which mm. is not really my cup yeah, of tea. I- I don't like Tim and Eric. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but then you would not like entertainment because it's about a stand-up comedian like Bill Hamburger or something where he's just doing stuff that, to anger the audience and it's kind of weird. Not my cup of tea, like I said. But yeah. the filmmaking is well done. Like It looks good. The cinematography is pretty good. Ty Sheridan has a interesting role as another weird comedian who's like a mime or a clown and at one point they just show him from the waist up but he's miming uh, jerking off and you don't know if he's actually doing it or if he's miming it (laughs) (laughs) it's a weird movie for sure 5 out of 10 for me Uh, let's see I watched Tootsie that classic Yeah. (laughs) I uh, recorded a bunch of Turner Classic Movies is doing this thing leading up to the Oscars where they're just showing a whole bunch of movies that were nominated or whatever. So I just recorded a bunch of ones that sounded like stuff I should catch up on. And Tootsie was one of them. Dustin Hoffman. Right. He's a guy who's such a good actor, but he's so such an asshole or such a perfectionist that he can't get any work. He starts pretending he's an old guy, young guy, whatever. Anything he can do, just not working. So he pretends to be a, a woman. What do you know? He's the next big thing on the soap opera and taking the world by storm as Tootsie. <laughs> and so do they realize that he's a guy? Um, his best friend does, who's played by Bill Murray. So it's like people, it's like Miss Doubtfire type thing. It's exactly Miss Doubtfire. <laughs> gotcha. Like, if I would it's pro- it's a better movie than Miss Doubtfire. But I prefer yeah. Miss Doubtfire because... Uh, yeah. I saw it first, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah, there's definitely some st- stuff that is maybe not as sensitive as it should be nowadays. But <laughs> overall, it was, it was pretty funny. It was su- actually yeah. surprisingly funny even before he got into the, the uh, like, dressing up and all that. Huh. Well, it has Bill Murray in it, so... Oh, well, got to get checked out then. Yeah. <laughs> the Murray. A couple other ones that I watched uh, from Turner Classic Movies. Uh, the Thin Man, which is a old black and white, like, it's almost like a mystery thriller slash, yeah, mystery thriller. That old genre. Where this... <laughs> that old... <laughs> The someone shows up murdered, and someone else's the thin man is missing, and he's the prime suspect. But this guy, who's a retired detective, uh, comes back into the fold to try to figure it out. And there's this big party at the end where all the suspects are there, and you know he calls them out on it right in front of everyone. Very clueish. It's a fun movie. That's part of a. 
the detective's contract. Like it seems in all these movies, they can just come out of retirement <laughs> whenever they want. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. This movie for a movie so old, like it's definitely ahead of its time. You can just tell. I'm sure the other movies around the same time weren't so fast paced and witty, and the performances were pretty good. I'd give it a seven out of ten. It's always hard for me with movies this old. Yeah. To rate them in perspective, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Also watch Stagecoach, the old John Wayne movie from oh, ni- yeah. 1937. This one put him on the map. I heard his voice before I recognized him. Like His voice was <laughs> so iconic, and it, but he looked so young, so I didn't necessarily recognize him right away. Uh, yeah. This movie was okay. <laughs> As most of them. Yeah, a western. It's John Ford western. You can tell it's well made. It's pretty slow paced. Just didn't do a whole lot for me. I mean, it, it wasn't bad either. Six out of ten. Yeah. Let's. <laughs> what's next? <laughs> I watched a couple Kellen Brothers movies. The two that are available on Netflix, instant. Because I'm trying to. Ca- I think I only have three more movies to catch up on now. Not including Hal Caesar. Jeez. So I I watched The Lady Killers, starring Tom Hanks. Uh, he's like this con man who... He's... It's hard to explain this one. <laughs> it's, <laughs> he moved, I've seen it on the list. I haven't watched it. Yeah, it's got a no. great cast. It's got the guy from Whiplash, the J.K. Simmons... Uh, yeah, Marlon Wayans, John Turturro, I think. Like th- a lot of the typical Cohen cast, but Tom Hanks is amazing, actually, as the lead. He's this guy who's an, pretending to be an intellectual, but really he's a con man who's just trying to break into a bank, and he's <laughs> staying at this old black lady's uh, house, renting her house out because her house is so close that he could dig to the bank or whatever, or the casino. <laughs> and she thinks he's a a musician, intellectual, and it's just a farce, you know. Uh, yeah. It's weird. It's not their best work. A lot of people say it's their worst, they're close to it. I, I enjoyed it a lot based off Tom Hanks' performance, but I had some fun with it. It was I give it a 6.5 out of 10. It's stupid wow. humor, like shit humor, fart humor, but <laughs> but I don't know. The other stuff... It just good. works for that particular movie. Yeah. The other one I watched was Intolerable Cruelty, starring George Clooney. And this was another one that had a bad rep. And this one I I've never with. heard of this. I agree with this one. This was not good. It's like divorce attor- attorney who falls in love with this woman who's like chronically divor- marrying and divorcing people uh, romantic comedy type thing uh, it didn't work for me at all four and a half yeah. out of ten my least favorite Coen's movie that I've seen watched a couple movies on Netflix I watched a pigeon sat on a branch reflecting on existence because I heard a ton of great things about it. It had 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's the whole... That's the title? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going to continue with the sentence. 
Yeah, that's the title. Pigeon Saddle on a Branch Reflecting on Existence. It's this <laughs> eclectic movie. Like, again, it's like vignettes, but they all kind of tie together. Yeah. Everything's... The the visual style of it is the most interesting. It's like almost like it's on a play or a soundstage, but it's at the same time looks really crisp and realistic. It's hard to explain, but yeah, I like the way it looked. It, again, it's just such a weird movie. Um, I can't even go. I don't know. Six out of ten. <laughs> I just, Six out of ten. Yeah, I don't know. To me, it's overhyped, but. I, I'm not. I don't know. Maybe it, I just don't get it. But didn't didn't hate it. Didn't love it. Oh, the one thing I did like was there's these salesmen that keep popping up where they sell these like a whoopee cushion and their biggest seller now is uh, Uncle T- or One Tooth Tom or something. This this mask you put, ugly mask you put on and <laughs> I don't know. I guess you just had to see it. <laughs> Sounds weird. Yeah, it is. Also watched another movie that was critically acclaimed on Netflix, a foreign movie called Phoenix, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. This is about a woman, I think it's during like the World War II type thing where, yeah, because she's a Jewish woman who survived, I guess, all the terrible shit going on, but she had her face blown off. Wait, the Holocaust? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>, okay. <laughs> Somehow she, she had her face pretty much just destroyed, blown off. She has to get reconstructive surgery. But she wants to... They, they gave her the option to try to look the way she did before or just get a completely new face, which I don't know how they could have this technology back then. But she elects to look the same as she did. And... Uh, they don't do you know they can't get it exact so she looks different and then she goes home and she wants to try to find her husband but her husband doesn't recognize her the husband but says she looks close she looks kind of like his his wife that died and if you could pretend to be her I could get some kind of lump sum settlement or something like that so she is his ex-wife Pretending to be, or is his wife pretending to be his wife? Like pretty crazy uh, setup, but there's so much that just I didn't, I couldn't buy. Like I just couldn't buy that he wouldn't recognize her, like know that it's her. Because there's yeah. more than just your face, you know, like mannerisms, voice. I don't know. Yeah, how many times does someone like not look like someone, but they remind you of another person because of? Yeah. The way they talk or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, here, practice writing in her handwriting. And she does it on the first try. And it's like, wow, you're pretty good. Like, come on. You know, <laughs> I feel idiot. like this movie is basically bending. Uh, like, it's a, I liked it. But it's, it's, try, it's bending things so hard just to get to where it's going. Yeah. Um, that it kind of hurt it in my eyes. But the ending was pretty awesome. Like, I kept hearing how great the ending was, and it lived up to the hype. Um, don't want to spoil it, just in case anyone wants to watch it on Netflix, but... Yeah. Uh, 7 out of 10. Nice. Uh, okay. Two more, two more. 
<laughs> uh, watched an honest liar on on uh, I ever said on Facebook, on Netflix. <laughs> this is a documentary about a the amazing Randy. He was like an escape artist slash magi- magician back in the day, one of the best escape artists since Houdini, and he's well known for debunking like psychics and people trying to take advantage of people and it's just an awesome documentary about showing all this stuff and then it gets kind of meta and weird when it turns out he's gay and his partner like was using a fake name this whole time he's not who he says he was and it's just and then you start to think like Wait. I think I've actually heard of this now that you're describing it. Um, I haven't seen any of it. Yeah, it's so, worth checking out for sure. I give sounds it a, pretty cool, though. It's like an 8 or 8.5 out of 10. Um, but yeah, it just gets to the point where you're like, wait, is this all a hoax or what? It starts to make you double double back and like rethinking everything, but it ends up in a pretty cool place. That's cool. And lastly, I watched Seduced and Abandoned, uh, HBO documentary about Alec Baldwin and this, some director, I'm forgetting his name, as they, they're making a documentary about them trying to get funding at Cannes Film Festival to make a movie and how hard it is and it's meta and blah, 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 blah. It was interesting to get a look at Cannes Film Festival and a little bit behind the scenes of how this kind of stuff works. But it was kind of lackluster and boring for me. Five, yeah. five and a half out of ten. The best part was Ryan Gosling gets interviewed, and he's basically just telling stories about like how hard it is, even for him, like with auditions. Like, are they only calling me in just to say that I auditioned, or to am I being compared to what? Jake Gyllenhaal was doing like just the way he was putting everything was funny uh, and poignant at the same time. And if it was just cool. yeah, if it was him talking for an hour, it'd be a better movie. <laughs> I never knew Ryan Gosling was so interesting. Yeah, usually it's actors funny. aren't. <laughs> yeah, not really. But yeah, that's about all I watched. You know, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it is over a long time now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, scratching so, the surface. Yeah, I actually went long stretches with without watching anything. Oh, really? Yeah. Like today, I watched Stagecoach. That was my most recent thing, and it was the first movie I watched in like five days. Yeah, I kind of want to roll towards the end, but like almost all the stuff I watched was in a handful of days. Like the last days, I was sick. Where Went back to work. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll yeah. do it. Thanks for listening. You can email yes, us. as always. Well, first, our next episode will be uh, yeah. The Good Dinosaur, Pixar's other movie from last year, and Black Mass, the Johnny Depp gangster movie. Ooh. So looking forward to that. Will be a good one. You say Black Mass is great. I've heard from other people that it's not, so I'm trying. I'm going to keep an open mind heading into it. Yeah, I, I think you'll like it. Personally. Yeah, I'm sure. 
I might not love it, but I'm sure I'll like it. Yeah. But I, in... I think that kind of describes it. But <laughs> Exactly. It, it's not good, fellas. <laughs> well, what is? <laughs> you tell us what Black Mass is to you in an email to the Red Box Report at yahoo.com or you could follow us on Twitter at the Red Box Report. I'm personally on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at the RBR Joel. Like us on Facebook, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and catch us on the internet anywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. See ya. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Straight out of Compton, crazy motherfucker named Ice Cube. From the gang called Niggas with Attitudes. When I'm called on, I got a sword on. Squeeze the trigger and bodies are hauled on. You two boy, if you fuck with me, the police are gonna have to come and get me off your ass. That's how I'm going out. For the punk motherfuckers that's showing out. Niggas want the rumble, they wanna rumble. Mix them in, cook them in a pot like gumbo. Going off on the motherfucker like that. With a gat that's pointed at your ass. So give it up, smooth. Ain't no telling when I'm down for a jack move. Here's a murder rap to keep ya dancing. With a crime record like Charles Manson. AK 47 is a tool. Don't make me act a motherfucking fool. Me and you can go toe to toe, no mate. I'm knocking niggas out the box. Another crazy ass nigga. When punks I smoke, yo, my rep gets bigger. I'm a